If you're enjoying this episode of Two Drink Cinema, check out our other podcast, Two Out of Three Recommend. Each week, we get together to chat about life and recommend drinks, movies, shows, and things to keep you busy. Check out the link in the show notes for this episode or find the highlights on the socials. Two Drink Cinema! Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We have two out of three brothers reviewing iconic movies one week at a time and two drinks at a time is how that intro goes. I just like to keep regular listeners on their toes Good. as well as myself for getting halfway through um, how to start an episode. How are you, Brett? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's, ah. it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's, and then you haven't seen it, but it's worse in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, that's why. Maybe that's why I haven't seen it. Between Christian Bell talking like this and talking like this in the through whatever the fuck the bag mask does. Oh. I'm like the easiest person to listen to is Marion Cotillard's accent. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right, we're doing The Dark Knight, um, as you've guessed by the title and the fact that we told you at the end of last episode. Um, you have... I've made a cocktail. Well, I'm guessing it's called The Joker. It's called The Joker. Because it is way too green it's to green be and purple-ish. And there's purple at the bottom, so it's not the Riddler. And, you know, let's see how we go. Um, <laughs> it's got vodka. Our old friend Midori, as soon as I poured it out, I went, ah, I'm 16. Um, this is thanks, thanks, thing, Singapore duty free for this big bottle of Midori, vodka, uh, vodka, yeah, vodka, um, lemon juice, and then the purplish stuff is made with the uh, grenadine and blue curacao, and the very last of the blue curacao, yeah, and soda water, and a drop or a little bit more than a drop if your finger <laughs> slipped a bit, then of absinthe. All right, there you go, listen. All right, except for little floaty bits, but anyway, that's the lemon juice. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. It needs a stir. It was mainly soda water I tasted. Mm. It was mainly, yeah, that's true. It was mainly nothing. Ooh, I'm an agent of chaos. Look at it go. Yeah, look at it. Just stirring shit up. Let's have a stir. I think yours might have more purple than mine, but we'll see. Take two. Cheers. That's better. I'd prefer it with lemonade, but I'm not a soda yeah. water man. That's what I I was like, oh, but then I feel like there's heaps of lemonade with thing, but anyway. It's also heaps of soda water with things. We worked it out. It's not too bad. It's drinkable. Yeah. Welcome to a world... Well, I looked up the taglines on IMDb for The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and this is what it gave me, but I yep. feel like this is two or three. Welcome to a world without rules... Out of the darkness, dot, 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 comes the night with a K. <gasps> with a K. And the night is darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Uh, They're I, not great taglines. I, I think the best tagline is probably the, the most iconic line from the movie. Why so serious? Well, that's, that's one for the, the Joker. But or the one the, about the hero the, and the villain. You either die a die hero or yeah. live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Because that... 
is the story of Harvey Dent, spoiler. Yeah. But he's also kind one of, of the big the... themes of this, of Nolan's Batman. Yeah. Is whether or not he's a hero or a villain and he can do bad things and take that beating from the people and from the city as much as he can take the physical beatings. Yeah. Which Alfred is very quick and regular to remind Bruce Wayne. Is he? He is. A ruby the size of a tangerine. <laughs> You're right, Batman. <laughs> oh, is that, that did... Rachel Dawes looking look on that? I did I tell you so. They're probably going to pin this on me too, aren't they? <laughs> All right, artful dodger. <laughs> okay. You're proper mad, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. That's Michael Caine now. So as I started the movie... Yep. I started writing some notes on what happened in Batman Begins, in case you haven't seen it, which you haven't. Which I haven't. But the movie, this is the best of the three. It is captivating from the start. Mm -hmm. This is what I wrote about Batman Begins. In case you haven't seen Batman Begins and you're just watching Dark Knight, Bruce Wayne ran away after someone. Opening with a full screen IMAX shot is very much establishing the epicness of this film. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, we're in. And the whole screen um, is full of Chicago, I mean Gotham City. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I don't know, maybe you will say this. At the end of Batman Begins, Nolan said he didn't want to do a sequel. Despite the fact that at the it's end of... Begins. Well, at the end of Batman Begins, Jim Gordon goes to... Batman. Is Jim Gordon the kid? No, Jim Gordon's the Commissioner Gordon. Why don't they call him Jim at some point? They might, he might be Jim Jr. Right. I'm sure he's Commissioner Gordon Dark Knight. I thought they called the kid Jim. James Gordon. Oh, okay. Right. So Jim must be the younger. Right. Okay. Sure. Continue. Brian Cranston has played a Commissioner Gordon. Oh, there you go. Mm. And Gary Oldman and Jeffrey Wright. Yep. Um, at the end of Batman Begins, Batman's like, there's this new... Uh, no, Gordon's like, there's this new guy, and he keeps leaving this calling card, and the calling card is a Joker card. Yes. But then he's like, oh, no, I didn't want to make a sequel. Mm. Is that why in this one, rather than making a sequel about Two-Face... They just include his story tacked on the end as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then just kill him. (laughs) The story is good through this whole movie. And Joker is there from the start. Yeah. We, We kind of have established how Batman works and how Batman operates in Batman Begins. Wayne Manor gets burnt down at the end of Batman Begins. I assumed because they did say something about it'd be nice to move back, you know, back, 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 what? Yep. So the League of Shadows, led by Liam Neeson, Ra's al Ghul, burns down Wayne Manor. Yep. Their plan in Batman Begins is to essentially level Gotham City because it's become too corrupt. But Bruce Wayne and Batman want to save the city. They think the city is still worth saving. Right. But then the Joker comes and... In the first half of the movie, each time we see the Joker, it adds another bit to his villainous. 
Villainicity. Like yep. the fact that he gets his henchmen to kill each other. Very good. But also only one of them works out that they're going to kill each other. Yeah, and then because you don't know that he's like there. The, the guy that kills the phone guy yep. doesn't realise that the safe guy's going to kill him or whatever. Yeah. And then the safe guy doesn't, doesn't realise that this other guy's going to kill him. I am... Um, they're dumb. Because, you know what? The first thing I wrote was... Why is he standing on the street with no mask on? And then when he gets in the car, he puts a mask on? Oh, yeah. But then that maybe that answered my question. Well, he doesn't want his henchmen to know that he is the Joker. Yeah. But he's still standing on the street with no mask on. Yeah. The the reasoning the I Joker think is that, know he's exi- he... that would be an iconic shot. Let's get yeah. that in. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the people don't know the Joker yet. No, do they? No, they don't. One thing that's an interesting thing between Batman Begins and then leading into The Dark Knight Rises is that it it's a while into the movie before Batman and Gordon are aware of the Joker. Yeah, like yeah. Like the yeah. mob knows of him and Lau knows yeah. of him, but they're still trying to take down Lau and the mob. Mm. And their big thing at the moment is corruption, which is a thing of Gotham City that other Batman movies haven't really tackled. Yep. Like in terms of comics and a lot of the lore and canon around Batman, it is a very corrupt city. Yeah. Uh, and Salvatore Moroni is a bigger character in a lot of the comic stuff. Yeah. So I, I think Nolan... What Nolan did really well, he managed to make his own movie without pissing off Batman fans because he did. He really, I don't think, from what I know of the comics, he didn't get any of the characters to do something that they wouldn't do. And okay. I think a big criticism a lot of times in comic book movies is like, in the comics, Riddler doesn't cackle like Jim Carrey. Or the yeah. Riddler's plan in Batman Forever is not the kind of plan that yeah, but that's... the Riddler would have. But what Nolan has done, I think he distilled Batman, Joker, and Two Face into their things. Yep, and then put that into his Gotham City. Yes, that because sense? that's his adaptation of the thing. Joel Schumacher's is different. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I think he's done well is still have Joker is chaos and that's his thing with his plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just about chaos and, as Alfred puts it, watching the world burn. Yeah. And Two-Face's thing is about fairness. And so Harvey in this movie thinks he has been treated unfairly or Batman acted unfairly in choosing him over Rachel and, but he didn't. Mm, well, you can't convince him that he hasn't. And he's taken Batman, has this internal thing of like being the hero, but also not wanting to be the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being seen from the outside as a villain. And we get that from the very start because there's the news conference of like, hey, Mayor, why aren't you catching the Batman? Yep. The Batman, yep. 
And his big rule always has been not to kill. Batman doesn't kill people. And there has been criticism of other movies where Batman has killed. I think Ben Affleck's Batman kills people. Yeah, okay. Batman fans are like, that's not Batman. Yeah. So as much as people do their different adaptations, and that's okay, a lot of them in recent times, as we've got more and more and more comic book movies, have broken some key elements of character. Yeah, okay. And I think that's a criticism also of Jared Leto's Joker, is that... There's plenty of criticism. He's just mad... He's not like coming up with these funny chaos, in his mind, funny chaos plans. I don't think people got that sense (coughs) from Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad Mm. and Jared Leto's Joker movie that never happened because nobody liked him in Suicide Squad. And then Joaquin Phoenix did and went, oh, fuck, no, we can't do it now. Yeah, yeah. So that's Nolan's set up his own Gotham City but put characters which are essentially true to comic book law in the way they do stuff i don't really need to go through the whole movie i have yeah but there's not there's a story there is a story and i think actually there's multiple (laughs) what makes this one of the best batman movies and one of the best movies based on comic book material is that it's not a comic book storyline. No. Like, you know, an Iron Man is like, Iron Man builds this super suit and there's a super villain. Yeah. You know, his ex-workmate builds this, his version of the super suit and then they have to fight. And Mickey Rourke's there. Yeah. There is, you know, this guy that freezes the city and this woman that can control plants and this guy that has an American Express card. Like, that kind of thing. Mm. It's not a a comic book style movie. It's an action drama social commentary movie based on characters from comic books. Yes. Which he does very well. Jonathan Nolan wrote an incredible script for this one. I think it is a good script. There's obviously ad-libbed bits of henchman number three in a mask making making up your lines that are bad. Yes. I'm here to make a withdrawal. Oh, fuck off, mate. Like, there's still that bit of what I find cringy action comic book movie. There's one that I've put in uh, as worst line Um, that that will come up later. You know, I was watching. I rem- so I remember seeing it in the movies and going, "Wow!" Mm. Then, as I started watching it, I was like, "Oh, maybe it's not as good as I remember it." And then I got further in. I'm like, "Oh, no, no, yeah, it's still really good." <laughs> there, it's it's kind of drama, and it doesn't move slowly. I think in the first half, but it isn't action. Like in a Marvel movie, there's three fights before an hour in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there isn't quite. That well, I think is a bit of a big part of it is setting up the new characters. Obviously, we know we know um, Batman and Alfred, Katie and Holmes. Like, yeah. So let's focus on Harvey and Joker. And I, I think 
as I, as I was saying, he does well. Each time you meet the Joker in this first half of the movie, it adds something. Him killing his henchmen is ruthless. Yeah. And then we get when he kidnaps the guy and he's just yelling at the guy when he does the look at me bit. Yeah. That shows some madness when he first meets the mob and he punches that guy's head into the table. That's pretty cool. Mm. But then he's also like, he really doesn't care what is happening. This whole thing is fun to him. He's got the grenades in his yeah. jacket pocket. Yeah. So it's not about... For him, it's just about going out there and seeing what happens. It's not about, I need to beat the mob. Yeah, or it's not about the money. Yeah. Yeah. And then that grows into his big speech with Batman in the interview room. That is not a speech of his plan, like a lot of supervillains Yeah, like, have. I do know what my plan is. I'm yeah. going to take over the world with flowers or whatever Emma Thurman says. Yeah. And but it still has that big villain speech element to it. Yeah. Um, as well as being kind of their comment on the society and people. And then he has another moment of that speech when he talks to Harvey Dent in the hospital. So it it's very well built up of the Joker's character, mm-hmm. Nolan's version and Ledger's version of the Joker, which is very good. And then as soon as Harvey Dent says, I'm the Batman, mm. that's when the movie goes, nah, now we're going to hook you. Now we're an action movie, guys. Yep. <laughs> and the intensity, like that cello that goes through it, just keeps going up and up and up and up the whole way. You barely get a rest from that intensity in the second half of the movie. Yeah. The only kind of moment you get is Alfred talking to Rachel in the penthouse. And, and even that's like a 30 second conversation. Yeah. And it's, even why did that he is let like, Harvey do that? Yeah. That's one thing. She's just emotional at that moment. Like she's an assistant district attorney. She's clever enough to have a bit of understanding about why yeah, Harvey yeah. did it and why Bruce let him. Yeah. But instead she's just the ex-girlfriend, girlfriend, fiance character. Mm. I, yeah, she was, look, she's all right. She has her moments, Maggie Gyllenhaal, where she's very good. She's no Katie Holmes. There's be- <laughs> there's other moments where it's just like, uh, why you? That's true. Like, is this, do, you, was, do like, you know why you? Is this the best we could find? <laughs> I know that Tom wouldn't let Katie do it or whatever. The church said no. Well, um... They offered Katie Holmes the part, but she decided of of her own free volition. Um, is that an oxymoron? Yeah, to not reply the role. Instead, she opted to co-star with Diane Keaton and Queen Latifah in Mad Money. Heard of that? No. Nope. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Isla Fisher, Emily Blunt, and Rachel McAdams were all considered for the role before Maggie Gyllenhaal stepped in. Okay. Would you like to compare the Are Dark we... Knight box office to the Mad Money box office? Did one is one the highest grossing movie of two thousand and eight, and one not? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Mad Money. Mad Money a, didn't make Mad Money. At the box office, it did not make Mad Money. It only cost $12 million to make. Ted Danson was in it too, oh. as Don Cardigan. Um, but it took $26.4 million. So it barely doubled its money. And then Dark Knight cost $185 million Yep. And took... A billion. A billion. Yeah. Um, which is... Mad. The Dark Knight Rises took money. more. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, but then people also ask. So I typed in Dark Knight box office and it comes up. Google says 1.006 billion USD. Then people also ask, was Dark Knight a hit or a flop? <laughs> Inception would one be one of the highest grossing films of 2010. The Dark Knight was the highest grossing film of 2008, both yep. domestically and internationally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the story works well at being a character-driven action drama movie because there's a lot of depth to Bruce Wayne's conflict around being the hero slash vigilante slash you know, scapegoat, whatever yep. bat, whatever the city needs Batman to be, with that added, bam, bam, bam. with that added element of he still wants to get with Rachel, mm-hmm. and then there's the character work of Joker, which is very good, as we've said, setting up the the chaos and the anarchy, and the contrast between Harvey Dent and Batman is good and builds to the city actually needs both. Yeah. The city needs, ironically, a Russian ballerina is in favour of elected government officials. What is this democracy like? (laughs) She has a deep enough understanding of democracy to think that Harvey Dent is more important than Batman. And ancient Rome. Because when it was like, they were talking around that thing. It's like, the last person who did that, Maggie Gyllenhaal was the last person who did that. His name was Caesar. And then the Russian ballerina is just like, mm, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're right. Ancient Rome. Apparently men only think about the Roman Empire, but it's also <laughs> Russian ballerinas. It's also Russian ballerinas and, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. District, district attorneys. The, the character work is very good, apart from that moment of Maggie Gyllenhaal just being an emotional girlfriend. Yeah. Setting up Dent and building up Dent so that the turn from White Knight to Two-Face is extreme enough and is exemplified when he yells, say it, at Gordon. That sounds like the way Joker yelled, look at me at the hostage. Yeah. Like the sound of those is very similar. And I'm yeah. sure that's a deliberate yeah. thing in Nolan's to that. That's showing that now he's a villain. Yes. One thing that really dated this movie, just as an aside, Jim Gordon's phone. When Alfred texts oh. him, eight texts. I suppose Alfred's old. <laughs> oh, no, Lucius. Alfred? Alfred? Lucius. They're both old. Yeah, yeah. Alfred's old. So sending him four texts makes sense. Um, but it's also to build the suspense But up. it's also when Morgan Freeman's in Hong Kong. He's like, oh, it's my Nokia ringtone. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah. 
But they were very aloof about that as well. She's like, oh, we don't allow phones in. He's like, sorry, forgot about it. Okay, yeah. continue on. Yeah, That continue won't on. be an issue down the line. And then especially at the end when he's going back and he's like, here's your phone. I found, I found this bit stupid. Here's your phone. And he's like, I've already got it. And the guy's like, well, I guess I'll keep that there. Then. Oh, yeah, I'll just put it in a drawer with no other phones. <laughs> with a clear drawer with no other phones. Um, I have a question about that whole bit, right? The bit in Hong Kong. Morgan Freeman knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yes. Okay, so I was like, are we keeping this a secret? Because then Shirley's like, oh, why would he be in, like, oh, Bruce Wayne was in Hong Kong. Oh, now now Batman's in Hong Kong at the same time. Yeah, Lucius knows. How, But how high profile is Bruce Wayne in terms of if people see him in Hong Kong? People would know who he is. But it would be known that Wayne Enterprises is looking to do a deal with Lau. Yes. My thing is, these two people who are very much from Gotham City <laughs> happen to be in the same place. Well, that's one of the things when they talk about the Dark Knight, right? That, not the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, mm. is Bruce Wayne goes missing for 12 years. Yep. Right? And then comes back and a week later, Batman's there. Yeah. <laughs> My thing as well, though, is... Who is this person with all this amazing technology that must have cost stupid amounts of money and looks very military-grade stuff? Bruce Wayne's just come back. Could it be him? No, no chance. The man who owns the company that has military contracts. (laughs) And then later on, when he's doing that thing with the phone and he's like, this is too much power, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was a terrible impersonation. (laughs) I apologise. And then, but... (laughs) Is it something about the Batman suit that makes Christian Bale talk like that? Because he's talking, it's like... He doesn't have to put the voice on He doesn't have Lucius. to put the voice on. No. So he's still just like, you have the power. You can destroy it. At any you time. think it's a programmed... <coughs> it's like constricting his neck. Maybe that's why I can't breathe. Yeah. That really hurt my throat. The, the, I know that Michael Keaton in Batman Returns can't <laughs> move his move neck. Move his neck, yeah. So maybe that's an issue. It was an actually issue. Michael Keaton's talked about it. The issue of the constriction of the suit. And he's a bit jealous that Christian Bale can move in this trilogy. And also this technology of let's um, reconstruct, re-engineer no. a bullet. No. To then get a fingerprint. No. I was like, I was like oh, fuck off. I, I messed up shit is this. I wrote about that. I do not believe the rebuilding of the bullet to get the fingerprint. No. In, inadmissible. I, all, the, the sonar's a little bit too far. Right? Yeah, I didn't there like are, that. There are no phones in a stairwell and Lucius Fox sends him a map of a stairwell. Yeah. There's no phone overlooking the harbour. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lucius Fox can show him a view of the harbour. No. Yeah. But it's still the reconstructing of that brick and the bullet. It's, I think as a writer, it's a risk. Like if Iron Man did that, you kind of just go, yep, sure. Yeah. <laughs> because the level of Iron Man, he can do fucking anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he shrinks his whole suit down to like the size of my thumbnail. And then just presses it and it grows all over his body because of nanotech. Yeah. And right? you're just like, 
plausible. Moving like, on. <laughs> sure. In this universe, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. plausible, but there's so much of the rest of Nolan's Batverse that- Batverse. Yeah. That is real. Mm. Like the Batmobile is a modified tank. Like it didn't just invent something that shoots flames out the back and then it, you know, drives forward really fast. Even yeah. That's what it does. Yeah, yeah. But like- that's all based on real things. In Batman Begins, his first suit is essentially cave diving equipment yes. that he just spray paints black. To then be able to be like, mm, I'm going to copy how this brick shattered, apply it to this brick, and not only reconstruct a bullet, but get a fingerprint. Too much. Too much inadmissible in court. Yeah. Um, because Batman is often in court. Yeah. <laughs> I have this piece of evidence, Your Honour. Sorry, can please you speak up? Please approach the mix. <laughs> I object. Imagine um, being the stenographer. I haven't understand that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to the stenographer. Um, also, this movie, I believe, has the weirdest announcement of a promotion in cinema history. Okay. You know, they go and they've captured the Joker and then they're in the prison. Yeah. And then Commissioner Gordon's back. They all thought oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. And then the mayor's just like, it's your job. And he's like, oh. And everybody's clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Joker. So I I think it's stupid. But then if it gives us that shot yeah. of him clapping, I'm like, okay, it's worth it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I, I, think, <laughs> I think this is the thing. We've talked a lot particularly in my story half of the episodes, about things that are just in there as story devices. Yeah. But I think if you do it well enough, which Christopher Nolan does, you can go, that's okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you'll allow that. There's been, what? yeah, also him standing on the corner, exposing his face to the whole of Gotham City. Yeah. You'll allow it because it does give us that iconic shot. And we don't know at that point in the movie that that is Joker. I also think, like, watching it, the scene where Commissioner Gordon is interrogating the Joker, Yeah, I was like, that would be the scene that they submitted to the Academy to be like, give me an Oscar, because it's bloody good. Yeah. Even, it's Because for me, the thing with Heath Ledger's performance is, yeah, he's a psycho, um, but it's like the little things as well. Like, in that scene, he's like... I couldn't. I've been here the whole time, and the way he just like lifts up his arms, go yeah. handcuff. Like he, I'm like, Fuck, he's like. very, he's very good. And the way he's, because I read a thing, it was like you know how he's like licking his lips and stuff. Mm. He was doing that initially because the the makeup was like melting. Yeah. <coughs> so he was licking, and he was just like, I'll just make it a tick that yeah. the Joker has. Yep. And it is a it does show a, like a more madness thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The licking of the lips. The Christopher Nolan gave him pretty free reign, mm, mm. which is good. And often the cynic in me is like, they just gave him an Oscar because he's dead. A lot of people were like that at the time. But he's very good. Yeah. And I, I don't think if you went back and looked, um, who, Oscar nominations 2008? Is that what I need yeah, to look up? Yeah, so Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Tropic Thunder. Could you imagine if they gave it to him? Oh, oh my God, that would have to be cancelled now. <coughs> um, the one, Michael Shannon was thinked for Revolutionary Road. He was very good in that. Josh Brolin was up for Milk. 
And there would have been one more. Seymour Hoffman for Doubt. Ooh, yeah. That, you know what? It was a good year. Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. was nominated as well. Yeah. <laughs> the weakest performance in that. Do you think that... he'll get it as a makeup for not winning it? He, <laughs> I think he'll get it. He, he, the weakest performance out of that five is Josh Brolin's. Milk, yeah. Um, but I feel like there were a couple of things where they were like, we should nominate the gay movie. Well, I think that they made up for arguably robbing Brokeback Mountain a few years before for best. Yeah. So, like, we have to give it to we have to give Sean Penn an Oscar for playing a gay now because we didn't we give it didn't to give it to Brokeback Jake. Mountain a few years ago. So yep. we have to prove that we do like the gays, but only when straight people play them. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. We'll do that. That's the Academy meeting. <laughs> Well, it is now because you have to be inclusive. You have to tick the boxes. There's which is why, in- which is why it's very lucky that Oppenheimer was released this year, <laughs> not a couple. Yeah, there's a guy in the corner with a clipboard. Well, actually, it's probably a woman in the corner with a clipboard just to show more diversity. Tick, tick, tick. Mm, going, walking around the camera operator is going. Does anybody here identify as queer? <laughs> yep. Okay. Good. Tick. <laughs> um, anyway, off track. All right. Um, what I will say. Yes. I don't like Eric Roberts. Just in general. Oh, yeah? Like, I cannot think Emma's of dad. something that Eric Roberts has done where I've liked him. I think he's good in this movie. Because I, I think part of it is that he plays an asshole well, including in um, Mariah Carey's We Belong Together, whatever the song Film is. Clip. Film clip. Um I th- yeah. It's interesting that Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. Yeah. But Eric Roberts is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he he's in the Human Centipede 3. Julia Roberts is not doing something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that he's not he's not he's always an asshole, I think. Yeah. Is part of it. Hang on. He's also in Megalodon the Frenzy that came out last year. And also Sharktopus from 2010. I'm adding it to the list. list. (laughs) Mega Boa. Sharktopus sounds quite... It's another one. Anyway. Obviously, it's a shark. That was my last last note that I wrote. (laughs) I don't like Eric Roberts. I wrote a few things at the end. The makeup or whatever effects they use on Two-Face is very good. The consistency with the makeup on the Joker as well is very good, particularly when he's like in prison and then getting like beaten up by Batman yep. ridiculously. That the, because it's obviously he's like sweating and there's it's wearing and off, there's bits and there's missing. like, you know, a bit missing and yep. stuff. It's very good continuity. As much as I like Jack Nicholson's Joker, I, I'm not super into that he fell into the vat of chemicals and it made his face actually white. Yeah, dumb. <laughs> um, one thing in terms of story is that there's no real explanation of stuff and plans, which yep. is leaning more into the character-based action drama. How does the Joker manage to put bombs in every room of Gotham General Hospital? Yeah. Um, how does Batman get sonar onto everybody's phones? Yep. Like, uh, presumably Wayne Enterprises has a SIM card arm. 
Well, like the Kingsman that yeah. I just watched. Um, but that's not explained. It's it's almost like we're not wasting time of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just, you know, in terms of that plausibility, like we were saying, Iron Man, anything's plausible. We just are in this world accepting that Joker has the ability to do that and Batman has the ability to do that. We don't need yep. to read how. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the big criticisms of the movie is that Batman, comic Batman, is often touted as the world's greatest detective. And we don't get a lot of that in this movie and in Batman Begins. There's not a lot of him detecting. There's a lot of him fighting. Yeah. Which I think they then make up for in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Because there's a fair bit of detecting in that in terms of working out Bane's plans. He works a lot with... um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Are you going to watch it? I might eventually. His middle name is Robin. <laughs> I'm out. Maybe I won't now. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not his middle name is Robin. No, no. He's, he's a dick. His actual first name is Robin, but through the mo- so throughout the movie, they call him something, a name, right? I can't remember. Yeah. And then he has to go and pick something up. And no, the out. woman's like... No. He's like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, you know, Constable Joseph Lemon. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, I can't find you. And he goes, oh, I sometimes, that's, Joseph's my middle name. I go by my first name. She's like, what that? And he goes, Robin. I'm like, boah. That would have been one of those times in the cinema I was like, oh. Like at the 18 times I did it when we watched the new <laughs> Matrix movie. I went, boah, like that. Yeah. Not as audibly. Because... It's not. Nolan said he's not making a fourth one. I was going to say, I want a Robin movie. You want a Chris O'Donnell movie, is what you want. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want a Robin movie where he's the main character, Um, and it's like he's he's, his origin story of Robin, and he's gay. Get over it. Titans, the show Titans on um, Netflix, is. All, it started from Teen Titans, was a series of comic right. books and then a show, which was like Robin works with Wonder Girl, works with, oh. you know, other lesser people and young people. Batgirl, Supergirl. Yeah. So instead of, instead of them being the sidekicks, Robin and Wonder Girl lead these younger heroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm... Titans is the grown-up version of that on Netflix. Right. Very grown-up. Is nudity, ooh, sex, ooh, for teenagers. Ooh. Well, they're not really teenagers. Okay, cool. Brenton Thwaites, Australian actor, he plays Robin. Don't know who that it's is. It's very good. Robin's not gay. There's one called Nightwing. He's a bit homo. Robin is gay. <laughs> anyway, um... no, he's not. Chris Chris O'Donnell wanted to sleep with Alicia Silverstone in Batman right. Forever, or the fourth one, only because he couldn't sleep with Batman. <laughs> okay. What's the what else did I have in my story notes? My question is That's about it. His voice at the end is a bit too much, but I guess he's injured and puffed or something. <laughs> my, my question is, <laughs> does it pass the Bechtel test? No. And I wrote, no, I don't think two women have a conversation with each other. No. Because one is Maggie Gyllenhaal and the other is um his wife. Like Oh they his wife. Ha- actually it does, Commissioner Gordon's I say it would, 
actually wait doesn't at the dinner with the ballerina, with the ballerina and Megan Gyllenhaal talk about the Roman Empire. But no, but uh, is it a conversation about Batman? They're talking about Batman, or they then it is progresses that into talking about a man. Hmm. But that's not a man they want a relationship with, even though Maggie Gyllenhaal does, and presumably the Russian ballerina roots Bruce Wayne. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna detective. Detective Woman talks to Barbara Gordon about Jim, though, about Jim being dead. Whose wife? Jim's wife. Jim's wife. Yeah, yeah. Mm, you know what? Dark Detective Rises Ramirez calls Jim Gordon's wife, and they have a brief conversation about the Gordon family's safety. But she's held at gunpoint. No, that's having one woman forced at gunpoint by a man to talk to another woman <laughs> yeah. does not really pass the test. Is not someone. Uh, you know what? It technically probably does, but anyway. You know what? We did said pass that, the um, test of. We said that about Oppenheimer as well. So, so yeah, Mr. Nolan. Mm. Look it up. What else does he? What else is he done? He doesn't hasn't made that many movies. Like um, Inception. Inception. Doesn't. Can't remember. No. It's the only woman. There's only one. Oh, no, it's, there was, well. No, but Marion Cotillard only appears in Leonardo DiCaprio's Dreams, so there's no chance for Elliot Page to have a conversation. That's with, true. Yeah. <laughs> more yep. than that. Yeah. And even if it would be, it would be about the fact that Leo's again. losing his mind. Yeah. So. Mm, um, not a good track record, Christopher. Christopher and Jonathan, because Jonathan writes the scripts. Yeah. Um, you know what? Impact. Impact. It was one of those movies I've watched. You know how I've done with Barbie. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And you watch it and you go, it's going to win an Oscar for yes. something. Yeah. I remember being in the cinema watching it and going, did you say it out loud? I was like, just give it an Oscar for sound now. Yeah. Then what happened? Won an Oscar for sound. Oh, well done. And obviously then won an Oscar for uh, supporting actor. It was also nominated for eight. It was nominated for eight actors. Oscars in total, um, and nine BAFTAs, which yeah, is right. a lot. And then Heath won the Quintuple, which is the Oscar, BAFTA, Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild Award, and Critics' Choice Award. Oh, and the Logie. And an AFI Award. <laughs> and a, um, and all the, the other X stuff. X Home and Away Award. Yep. Um, it won a shitload of awards. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um any it, any surprising win of awards? Do you reckon? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> one thing about the awards, which I agree with, my theory. So this was two thousand and eight, right? Yes. And then from two thousand and nine, they said we're gonna do ten best picture nominees instead of five. Okay. Yep. And I think this, and along with Wally, are why. So the five were Frost Nixon, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Reader, Milk, and Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. So Wally would have made it. Yep. If they had ten, like they did the next year, Wally would have been nominated. This would have been nominated. There would have been other things that were nominated. The Wrestler probably. <clears throat> Nolan didn't get nominated for Best Director though. Nope. Interesting, because it's an action movie, Lee. Um. What did Amy Adams do that got her a Best Supporting Actress nomination? 
for that year. Yeah. Doubt. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, yeah, good, good, good. This was... Dark Knight was the first comic book movie to reach a billion dollars. Yeah, wow. It made more money in than Batman Begins' entire domestic run in the in weekend. first six days. Oh, wow! Um, and the highest movie of two thousand and eight, highest grossing. We've said. Um, it's referenced in the. There's one funny bit in Family Guy where Peter is dressed as the Joker and he blows up a hospital. <laughs> There's other stuff as well. There's so much I could talk about. Uh blowing up a hospital. So funny. Um. Casting-wise, so Heath Ledger, when they were um, casting for Batman Begins, he did um, go for Batman, I think. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. And him and Christopher Nolan were like, no, nah, that's not right. Um, they're like, hang around. And so he was always um, Nolan's first choice. You, Nolan is someone you want to stay mates with. Yeah. Because if Look you're at Killian one, Murphy. Well, that's it. Like, Heath Ledger would have been, he could have been in The Dark Knight Rises. People have talked about that. He could definitely have been, instead of Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. He could have been Killian Murphy. He could have been Oppenheimer. He would have been in Dunkirk and he would have been in Tenet. Yeah. 100%. He could have been Oppenheimer. He could have. But Nolan has said... Since I started working with Killy Murphy, I've always wanted to give him a lead role. Yeah. Cool. Look, he was, yeah, so he's always first choice. But, of course, being with this, there were names that fans wanted to play the Joker. Yeah, okay. Right? Yep. Robin Williams. Well, that's just... No. That's because <laughs> he got... They apparently got close to Nicholson's Joker. Right. Sean Penn. Yeah. Paul Bettany. Would have been a contrast to Milk for Sean yeah. Penn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul Bettany. Yeah. Johnny Depp. No, not right for this universe. Basic. Crispin Glover. No. He's a weirdo. Like, uh, he's a weirdo in real life. I love Back to the Future and I like George McFly, but in real life, he's apparently a super weirdo. Yeah. Um, and Christopher Walken. Could you imagine? I can't do it. Can I do he's, a Christopher played- Walken? What's his name? Exactly, right? I can't remember his name. In Batman Big Be- Max Returns. Shrek. Max Shrek. Yeah, yeah, in Batman Returns. Look, that's kind of all I have, but I just have to say, like... Can I say something slightly hot take? Uh-huh. This movie makes Christopher Nolan Christopher Nolan. Okay. Because after Batman Begins, he does The Prestige, right? Yep. And The Prestige... Is not like fuck. Now everyone wants to work with Christopher Nolan. No, even Batman no, no, no. Begins. Yeah, is not like he is it. We yep. will give you as much money. Yeah, and people as you want. But after this, it's Inception. Yep. Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenant, Oppenheimer. Yeah, and Memento. Upcoming. Oh according no. According to IMDb, a redo of Memento. Oh god, I but hope. But before not. that was a. Two shorts, Doodlebug and Following, and then Memento. So Memento and Batman Begins, then The Prestige. Uh, yeah, and it then really... The Dark Knight. Yeah. I don't want to say launched Christopher Nolan, it... but it made Christopher Nolan Christopher Nolan. Yeah. This movie 
If, okay. It's a decent cast. Yes. Decent people making this movie. Yeah. If things go as predicted at the Oscars. Mm. Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Michael Caine, Killian Murphy, Christopher Nolan, Morgan Freeman, and Hans Zimmer. Are all, all Oscar winners. All Oscar winners. And they're all involved in this movie. There's yeah. probably even more. Like the guy, you know, best boy. Maybe he won an Oscar. I don't know. Well, sound design. Sound guy. Sound probably, guy did win an Oscar. Well, the cinematography guy might be the same cinematography guy. Yeah. Editing. Well, and the sound guy will probably win again if it's the same sound guy. Robert Danny Jr. They He's are often... Dark Knight. <laughs> they are often um, people that directors do take with them. Yeah. Like Spielberg's had the same production designer and cinematographer pretty much forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for every movie. Because you've got to look. They know you look. Yeah. Most and people have a look. John Williams just smashes out anything yeah. Steven Spielberg wants. Yeah. And Hans Zimmer and Nolan uh, often work together as well. Shall we give some we awards? Give some awards. Okay. The Andy Millman... From Ricky Gervais's Extras Worst Extra Award. I just wrote most of the henchmen. Yeah. That's the t- tricky thing with henchmen. Like, it's that funny <laughs> bit in, um, speaking of Michael Caine, in Goldmember. Austin yep. Powers Goldmember. And he's like, Chuta chop, Chuta chop. Yeah. And then he's like, Look, you think you're going to kill me? You, you henchmen, haven't even got a name. You haven't even got a name badge. <laughs> Very funny. Why don't you just fall down? And then they're like, oh, he's good. Oh, one, he's good. <laughs> one thing that I do like, I am on the record on this podcast of loving 60s Batman. Mm-hmm. One thing that Heath Ledger's Joker did, directed, scripted, I don't know, is that in the fight in Bruce's penthouse, mm-hmm. he pushes one of his henchmen into Batman. That's <laughs> something that Cesar Romero did <laughs> All the time. Actually, all of them did. Even Mickey, Rocky's boxing trainer, did it as well. I I love that in the show, and I'm very happy that Heath did it in this movie, but the henchmen generally are still shit. Yeah. I'm, I also nominated, in the first like court scene where you see Harvey Dent doing his thing, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal... Yeah, and he pun- he punches the fucking guy in the face. Yep. Ridiculous. Yep. Then there's a third like lawyer that's next to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, and he punches, and then it's like everybody's like clapping him for punching a guy, and then the third lawyer's just like, oh, oh, oh. oh again, <laughs> like what is that reaction? And I think he randomly pops up in other moments as well, but he doesn't say anything. Um, the other one I nominate, I nominate a couple more. In Hong Kong, and then they're in that building, and then Batman's got the Lao. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go. And then... Um, I'm going to go now. There's this one henchman that's, like, going to shoot him, but doesn't. And he's just, like... <laughs> he's just, just looking like, around. looking around. What do I do? Like, what do I do if I'm not shooting him? And then, like, he... The, he blow, the, he blows up the window and then flies off, but he's still just sitting there with this weird look in his face. I'm nominating, while Harvey is doing his Dawn is Coming speech at the press conference, Yeah, most of the reporters don't like him mm. in this moment. Mm. But there's one 
that during that speech, looking up at Harvey Dent like she is listening to the Sermon on the Mount or something like... <laughs> Bless another cheesemakers. Oh like, yeah. oh my God, this is the most amazing speech I've ever heard. It's like, he's, no, he's just throwing out cliches. It's yeah, darkest yeah. before the dawn. Yeah. Like, it's... And she's like, oh my God, this is, this is the most amazing man and the most amazing moment of my life as a journalist. <laughs> Everyone else in the room hates him. Yeah. The other guy I nominated was when they're on the boats... And then, you know, there's the civilian boat and the prisoner boat. And then there's the guy, army guy who has this, the clicker. Yep. And then he's just like, we're not going to talk about this. Oh, not the guy, not the prisoner that goes, I'll you do don't, it. You don't know how to take No, he, he does this. I'll do it. Yeah. He's very quietly. He's good though. He's very good. He's good though. But he's like, give me the thing. I'll do it. You don't have the guts. You mentioned... <clears throat> The odd promotion. Uh-huh. I thought you meant like an advertising promotion. Like, no, 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 no. like a job promotion. Odd, the odd job promotion. Yeah. And everyone stands there and claps. There's a guy over Gordon's shoulder, tall guy, that just stands there and claps, deadpan, looking straight ahead, just past the camera. Yeah. <laughs> that. Do something. Your boss that just guy. got a promotion. That guy. Winner. One more. Okay. If you were driving in the city, right? Yep. Melbourne has some busy streets. Yeah. And you turned a corner. Let's say you turned up from Elizabeth Street into Collins Street. Hook turn, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook turn. Yep, 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 yep. And then you see a semi-trailer flip over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd Would react. you keep driving towards Especially it? Especially if the sound was like... Yeah. Which is very good. And then... Yeah. Would you keep driving down Collins Street? Well, I've... I gotta, I gotta go. No, I gotta no. get to, I gotta get to. All of those work. people that still drive down LaSalle Street, one of the most famous streets in Chicago, after the truck has been flipped and a helicopter's crashed, and there's probably a fire truck on fire still. <laughs> yeah, pull over, take a yeah. different route. I'm turning. I'm going down Burke Street, getting stuck by the Mall, having to go down Flinders Street, which is closed for the Metro Tunnel works, yeah. and having to leave the city and come back in a different way. Yeah. But I'm not driving down a road where a truck has just flipped over in front of me. Mm. But I think the guy that lurch, yeah. lurch, lurch with the clapping it. Good. Um, all right. The Estelle Reiner, I'll have what she's having best extra awards. I only have one nomination. Same. It's the kids that are shooting the car. Oh, <laughs> mine is. Because um... they're just shooting, shooting, and then the car blows up and they're like, oh my God, we did it. Look at each other. <laughs> yeah. And then Batman goes past and they're like, oh my fuck, that was Batman. That was good. The one I nominated was the stenographer. You know, when he goes to court and he's like, arrest these 400 people. Oh, yeah, and there's a thousand lawyers in there. And then they're all like, I object. And then the stenographer looks at the judge and just like, well. I gave up my gig on Judge Judy for that. Found it really funny. But I'm happy to give it to those kids because we gave worst extra to a kid recently. So let's balance the scales a bit. In Dodgeball, we gave it to the kids that cheers too much. These guys, they were. That was funny. Yeah, the Halle Berry right, X Men worst line. I only have one nomination. I have a question. Okay, go. Can a scream be a worst line? <laughs> Who scream? Maggie when she falls out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Or Eric Roberts when he falls off the roof, mm. and he's just like, he's just like, ah. I don't know because I close my eyes for yeah. that bit. Yes, <laughs> he lands. I'm like, oh, cringe. <laughs> Um, 
Criminals in this town used to believe in things. Honour. Respect. No, yeah, no. I don't know about that. Yeah. I've got the guy that's the passenger that's driving the truck of Harvey Dent. Yes, yes, And yes. the helicopter crashes. And he oh. goes, that's not good. Oh, that's not yeah. good. I, wrote, I fucking hate those the, kinds of lines. The first line I wrote of that guy was, mm. I didn't sign up for this. I wrote that in my general notes. And then wrote- I'm like, you didn't sign up for this. It's your you, fucking job, mate. No, well- SWAT teams don't always have bazookas shot at them, but you've signed up to be a part of SWAT team in Gotham, the most crime-riddled city in America. The second most crime-riddled city in the world. First, Gotham. Second, Mount Thomas. Mount Thomas. Um, I didn't sign up for this. I wrote that, but then I said, but then eventually everything he said, and then I wrote, that's (laughs) not good. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Hope you got some moves, buddy. Um, He first gets in the car. And then I wrote um, on the boats again. Can you tell I didn't like that bit? <laughs> um, they're doing, do we push it? And then this one guy goes, we're still here. That means they haven't killed us yet either. <laughs> yes. Thank you for spelling that out. It does mean that. Far out. Captain Obvious. Yeah. I had one last nomination. I'd like to make a withdrawal. You said that at the start well, of the whole episode. Well, I thought... That was maybe ad-libbed by someone, a nameless henchman. So Okay. I Then my last nomination is every line Christian Bale said as Batman. You've got to be the hero that Gotham deserves. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing hockey pads. <laughs> that was, and then he looks at his pants. Anyway, they're my nominations. I'm, yeah. That's not good. We both nominated that. That's not good. So, although I'm not wearing hockey pads, is pretty bad. (laughs) Um, yeah. But that guy that says, "What makes you different to us?" I'm like, look at what he's fucking driving. Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on, money, you dickhead. Yeah, clearly. Have you ever seen him with a shotgun and a catcher's mitt? I don't like. (laughs) What are they wearing? (laughs) Um, I didn't cry. Great for the Ben Stiller. Something about Mary most cryingest moment. Yep. Which takes us on to the I am your father most iconic scene. Look. None of my nominations feature Batman. <laughs> All my iconic scenes are Joker. Um, there is... Uh, I'm, I have five. I'm have nominating five. just the look of the Joker. I am nominating... Well, I think, yeah, if we're thinking scenes, and then if I was said the best shot, it is when he's in that cell clapping. Yeah. Or one of the scenes I said, okay, so I had five. I had five okay. iconic scenes that are all the joke. I'll tell you if I also had them. Okay. Making the pencil disappear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's top Probably level not. iconic. Why so serious? When he's the first time he says it. In to the, to the mob guy. gamble guy, yeah, yeah, um, clapping yeah, in the cell, one. yeah, okay. When his head's out the car, I have that, and blowing up a hospital. The Joker walking in front of the hospital when it explodes, that's it. Yep. Um, I had him hanging out the cop car. Yep. I also had the truck flip. The truck flip was good. Yeah, but I think it's him walking in front of the hospital. Yeah, because that. Even though he's not in his suit, it's his look of the hair and the makeup. Yeah. But the way he walks. 
mm. as well as a huge part of Ledger's representation of this character. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. I'm happy with blowing up hospital. And it's a little bit I'm funny. happy with the scene <laughs> of which in The Dark Knight he blows up a hospital being the most iconic scene from the movie. I'm not happy with the hospital being blown up. Although sorry. the one near me is probably going to get demolished soon. <laughs> um, sorry, Christian Bale. That you didn't yes. get nominated. The Dark Knight. Yeah, sorry, didn't get the nominated. I I couldn't even think off the top of my head in Batman Begins, the most iconic scene. Is that shit with sand? Uh, no. Oh. Scarecrow. Sand. Is there some scene where there's like a shitload of sand in Gotham City? Or am I making that up? No. Could oh. be one of the Spider-Man movies where okay. a guy plays Sandman. That may, I think that's it. <laughs> and in the, I think in the Dark Knight Rises, it's when Batman fights Bane in I the sewers. A, yeah, I have a question. Yeah. In terms of the DC universe. Yep. Metropolis is New York, Gotham is Chicago. Is that what we're just like agreeing with? Well, geographically, well, this is the thing. Metropolis is kind of based on New York. Yeah. Right? It's the big almost island city. Yeah. But Gotham City isn't necessarily based on Chicago. Obviously, like there's this meme that we'll share on our socials where Nolan's just like, fuck it, it's Chicago. Yeah. I can't spend the money. And but then in Justice League, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, they are twin cities. Like um, Aubrey Wodonga. <laughs> yes. I was going to say um, Oakland. Yeah, okay. San Francisco across a, across a bay of each other. Oh, fuck. That's a messy bay. Because, area. like, Jesus. Because in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, people in Gotham saw across the bay the destruction of Metropolis that Superman. Oh. Rick when he fought Zod. Oh, General Zod. Yeah. So, and a lot of people that live in Gotham work in Metropolis or know people that live in Metropolis that got their okay. homes or offices destroyed by right. Superman, which is a big part of the story. Great. So, yes, Metropolis has always had New York vibes. Mm. And Gotham is the slightly smaller, dirtier version, which I don't know. No offense to any Chicagoans listening. I don't know if that's you. Mm-hmm. It's New Jersey. Speaking of Chicago. Yep. Oh, shit. Maybe yep. it's Philly. Speaking of Chicago, let's do a top five. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a top five movie set in Chicago <laughs> because LaSalle Street is, from what I've read, the most famous street in Chicago. And there is a shot where yeah, you yeah, see yeah. a building that says, 500 LaSalle Street. So Nolan was just like, "Ah, let's use a city and make it Gotham City. So we're doing our top five uh, movies set in Chicago. When I did it, I was like, when I think of Chicago in movies, I think of these ones. Yeah, I I did Google and there was some that was like, I didn't know that was in Chicago. So then for me, it was like... If I don't go, oh yeah, that's in. If I don't think that's already in Chicago, then like it's one of not my honourable mentions, The Untouchables. Oh, okay, is a great movie. Yeah, and is set in Chicago. Right, but I don't go Untouchables. Oh yeah, that movie that's set in Chicago. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. My number I have no other mentions, by the way. It was a bit of a struggle. My number five is Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> because when we said top five films shared in Chicago, I'm like, I'm sure he pitches for the Cubs. And he does. So that's my number five. My number five is The Sting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is I had that... to put a gangster one in there. Yeah, I haven't seen The Sting. My number four is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. My number four is The Untouchables. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I don't. I think of that movie, but I don't think of that movie as a mm. Chicago movie. Mm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is so it... Chicago has become a bit of a film city. And few, a few years ago, yeah, we went to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. And we just spent like four and a half days straight of movie stuff to do yep. with Star Wars. Yeah. And we're like, we've got one day free in Chicago. Let's do non-movie stuff. And then we're doing this tour along the river in Chicago. And the tour guide goes, that's the building that they used for this in The Dark Knight. And then we're all like, oh, yeah, The Dark Knight was filmed. We should go and find all the locations. <laughs> so we spent the rest of the day finding Dark Knight locations, including LaSalle Street. The mail exchange building is the one that they have dense... Uh, funeral in front of and Gordon's, um, the theatre where the thing was cancelled, yep. the ballet was cancelled. So that, went, and we also then realised Ferris Bueller's day off. So we got photos on the street where he does the parade. Yes, Ferris Bueller's day off. So that is why it is my, my number three. Okay, my number three is Blues Brothers. Okay, I've forgotten one that you're going to say. Then it's 106 miles to Chicago. Yeah. Stark and wearing sunglasses. Because my number two is Blues Brothers. Okay. My number two is Dark Knight. See, I didn't include Dark Knight because it's not well, in Chicago. I did because you go, that's Chicago when you watch it. Yeah, but it's not in Chicago. Yeah, all right. But this is real life in Chicago. Dark Knight is the reason that we're doing this list. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. I put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our number one is, is Chicago. Our number one is Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. The first movie I think of that is set in Chicago is, funnily enough, Chicago. Called Chicago. Yeah. They don't sing a song about Chicago, though. No. No. All, all that jazz. So we've got, again, some similarities. You mm. didn't have Rookie of the Year. Surprisingly, no. I give an honourable mention to A League of Their Own because it's at Wrigley Field. It's at Clark Stadium. Because oh, the guy, yeah, you know, yeah, Clark... Yeah. Mr. Mr. Harvey, like your candy yeah, bars, yeah. Yeah. look, you're completely nuts. He's just a ripoff of Wrigley. My honourable mentions were the Untouchable, Untouchables because it's a very good movie. I just don't think Chicago. And then also Home Alone yep. and Wayne's World. Yeah, okay. Set in the suburbs yeah. of Chicago. Yeah. Any John Hughes movie, basically. Any John Hughes movie. Somewhere in Illinois. Look, if Breakfast Club wasn't overrated and boring, maybe that would have made my <laughs> list. Who knows? All right, let's have a movie for next week. Is it my turn to give you clues? Or mm -hmm. okay, there's the rando, the randomizer, roly 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 poly. I'm scared. Okay, it rolls through alphabetically and then just stops. Yeah, clues. That's how. How else <clears throat> is it meant to roll through? No, no. I just. I don't know. Yep. I'm, um, all right, Clues. This is a movie that we have already done the sequel of. Is it Speed? Yes. Yes! That's going to make a shit TikTok. <laughs> Speed. Yay! 
the I'm so excited. Or the bus that couldn't slow down. I fucking love speed. I hope I still love it. Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, oh. and that woman that ruins it all by moving her fucking skirt. Oh, bitch. Oh. Um, yeah, that's it. Speed. Love it. All right. Six degrees from speed to the dark night. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. She's done a lot of movies. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yep. Um, um, I feel like there's some Keanu Reeves connection somewhere. What has Ryan Reynolds done Keanu potentially to with any of Swayze. those people? Ryan Reynolds did a movie with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. The proposal. The proposal. I was going to call yeah. it the engagement. Yeah. Um, okay. So we can get from Ryan Reynolds to Gary Old. Well, no. Keanu Reeves was in the, was in Dracula with Gary Oldman. Oh, Bram Stoker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Done. Was in Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman. Done. That was the quickest guess and the quickest six degrees yeah. we've ever done. Thanks One degree listening. of separation. Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. Speed is on for Fucking next yes. week. One of Brett's actual favourites. Oh, and I was obsessed with it as a kid. 30-year anniversary. Yes, it is. Another, another anniversary movie accidentally. So uh, watch Speed between now and next week. There'll be another episode of Two Out of Three Recommend coming out on that feed during the week as well. Like, subscribe, comment, join the Facebook group uh, to tell us your top five movies set in Chicago. And we'll be back next week. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Lee. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was produced and pay our respects to Elders past and present. If you'd like to support the podcasts, either leave the tip or become a member for early access to these episodes by using the link in the show notes. Join the Facebook group for more chat about the movies we review and make sure you follow us on the socials to keep up to date. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on your podcast app. Happy viewing and drink responsibly.